This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 423. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Van Eck. Happy 2022. Holy yeah, cow, I can't believe it's halfway through the month already of January. Uh, it's crazy how time flies. Uh, yeah, happy new year, new year to you. I can't talk. We were talking about this earlier. I'm just like bumbling over all my words. I don't know. Maybe that's my uh, 2022 issue. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. For me, it's sleep. I just uh, seem to be getting about half my night's sleep these days. So ends up making... Uh, for some really brilliant moves. <laughs> I feel like shocking myself with how stupid I can be. Anyways, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a good, it bows well for the good year, for a good year. I, I think actually that this year is actually going to be a good year. I, I had a kind of a good omen this morning and my chair got stuck on something and I rolled out of the way and I was on a quarter and I picked it up and a random quarter on my floor from 1963 Canadian quarter from back when they still use silver, real silver, looked it up and it's worth about $4. So, no way. So I found a $4 quarter on my floor. Like, come on, that's got to be a good sign, right? That's you, though. Like, uh, you're one of the only people I know who seems to win contests and gets flown well, to places. And it, It's true. I, we've had some good luck. Uh, the only thing <laughs> is, like, am I really going to sell this quarter? Like, it's going to cost me more than gas to drive to a guy that's going to buy it for maybe two bucks. So it's Hold just going to sit it. on my shelf. Hold on to it. There you go. Well, yeah. um, we're high, high time to catch up on SEO news and there's lots going on. Um, we were a little surprised. It, it has, I don't know, it's been a little light on the news angle, um, but let's just jump right into this. So Google search ranking update on January 11th, uh, yet another unconfirmed update, but you know, uh, Barry at Search Engine Roundtable does a good job of keeping track of these. And uh, there is some buzz going around that there uh, was an update there seems to be a lot of fluctuation, some action out there. Uh, whether or not it'll be an official update is a whole other thing entirely. Yeah, I've, I've started doing some digging. I looked into, so this update was apparently on January 11th. Um, I've done some digging into our client rankings and their uh, organic traffic. And, you know, I've got, we've got one client in Australia and his traffic jumped about 10%. But mm. it's, there's not enough data to really know if there's a connection or not. And, it's, and 10% isn't, you know extreme by any means. Um, other than that, you know, all the clients that I've looked at, you wouldn't know that there was an update based on re their rankings or traffic. So uh, not to say there wasn't an update, but uh, we're not, <laughs> I'm not really seeing much of an impact of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, so 10%. Uh, the other thing too, is of course, it's so early that it's, it's interesting to know that, but is it really going to pan out over the long term? Who knows? Um, oftentimes well, just, what we see is, is going to solidify or is going to stabilize. But exactly. Like, I think if we look into it in about a week or so, it'll be a better indication. Uh, you know, if there's a sustained growth of that 10%, well, then, okay, I can maybe attribute it to a ranking update. But if it, uh, 
it's just a one day thing. Well, it's just nothing really. <laughs> yeah. It's a blip. Uh, not it's a bad a one, but it's a blip. So as I had predicted in an earlier show, uh, there is now a Yoast SEO for Shopify. Um, now I may or may not have heard about that before it came out, <laughs> but it's just the same. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to know anything. So anyway, it's, it is coming to Shopify and it's long overdue. Um, even before I even had the thought of it, I would just, I just kind of expected it was there and I was shocked when it wasn't. So I'm, I'm happy to hear it's coming. Um, it's released. It will be released on January 18th. Um, and it looks like it's $30 a day, uh, $30 a month. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so the cost is being listed as, I think this is on either the Yoast press release or it might have been on Search Engine Line somewhere, uh, that the cost is $29 per 30 days. So that kind of seems like a pain in the butt billing process there, but <laughs> you know, you know a, a little under a buck a day. Um, what's it, I find interesting there with the cost is they don't have a free version like you do, you know, everyone on WordPress uses free, but I get why they might not because it's a whole new market. But it's also significantly more expensive than Yoast for WordPress. I think for Yoast premium, it's about a hundred bucks a year US. Mm -hmm. um, so this is about three times as much money, but yeah. I also don't know what programming is involved in the back end to make it work with Shopify. Maybe it's just, you know, exponentially more difficult for them to program it. And you know, the cost is warranted. I'm not sure. Could be some royalty fees to Shopify. Who knows? Yeah, there could be all kinds of stuff going on there. So, but it is cool to know. Um, you know, we have some clients who use um, smart SEO in Shopify, and uh, I'll be curious to see if I decide to recommend that they make the switch or not. Once it's live, you know, maybe one of our, our clients has a, a dev site we can test it on or something. Um, we'll see. It it's, sounds very promising, though. It's so awesome for WordPress. I, I can't see why people wouldn't want to use it for Shopify. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's early on. Um, now, Yoast has, was bought. Um, and it's a much more, um, well, not that it wasn't before, but now it's got a bigger, bigger pockets. So it's possible that unlike most first releases that they've already worked out a lot of bugs. Um, but then again, who knows? So keep that in mind. There may be a lot of bugs at the beginning, may not, um, keep your ear to the ground. If you have a Shopify site, uh, 30 bucks whatever, let's say a month, the hell are they thinking anyway, 30 bucks a month is not bad at all. Right. Um, so, uh, especially, and I think this makes sense from their point of view too, is we're talking e-commerce here. <laughs> You're going to be making money off it, um, a little more directly than uh, just a simple WordPress website. So that's a, yeah, I guess that's true. And if you talk about WordPress websites, Yoast is on a lot of blogs that may not be monetized. So people aren't going to pay 30 bucks. It's just not going to happen, but on a, an e Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Commerce site twenty dollars is nothing if the site is successful. That is, yeah, uh, and hopefully anyone with a website um, and e-commerce, you know, thirty bucks is a is nothing to your bottom line. Even if you're starting out, you got to have some kind of budget for startup. <laughs> anyway, um, now this next one really kind of boggled me. I had never even heard of this before, but uh, well, I'll, I'll let you handle it. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Yoast has now integrated keyword tracking within uh, within the WordPress plugin using rankings provided by Wincher. And I feel bad. I've never heard of Wincher. I, I don't know. I know Wincher's website pricing is all in euros. So maybe they're big in the UK. I, I don't know. Um, hopefully their rankings are good. They, they look promising. I, I, I'm not sure who this will really apply to, how many people are going to take advantage of this though. But if you have a Wincher account and you're using it, it kind of seems like a no-brainer to integrate it. Uh, the costs may or may not be significant, again, depending on you know, your purposes here. But uh, uh, if you don't pay for Wincher, there's a free option. If you don't pay for Wincher, it's, it's kind of confusing because you've got yeah. Yoast and Wincher. And if you have the free versions of each, it, it doesn't really do a lot other than just playing with it. So that'll allow you to track up to five keywords and you can attribute up to one keyword per post. So really it's for a playground testing type purpose only at that point. If you pay for Yoast Premium, but you don't pay for Wincher, then you still only get five keywords, but you can track up to five keywords per individual post. So again, you're you're playing around a bit, but it's not gonna be wildly useful. That's okay if, though, if you've got lots of posts, a thousand posts, is it, it 5,000 keywords being tracked? No, it's it's only five keywords total across five different posts. Uh, if you pay for Yoast and not Wincher, if you oh. pay for Wincher and not Yoast, then you can track a total of ten thousand keywords at one keyword per post. So that's where it actually starts to become useful because you've got um, right. essentially ten thousand posts you can do some level of tracking on at one keyword each. And then, of course, if you pay for Yoast Premium and pay for Wincher, <laughs> you can track ten thousand keywords still up to five keywords per post. So this is a lot of like mumbo jumbo here, but the point being, if you want to really utilize it, you kind of have to pay for both. And uh, uh, winter fees start at 29 euros per month, which I think is around 30, $35 US. I feel like it's pretty close to par. If I, I bet it's for every 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> Every 27 days. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and then, of course, Yoast Premium is 99. So, uh, you know, this would make sense for somebody who's already using uh, Wincher. Uh, if you're already using Yoast Premium, you, you know, if you could take some advantage of this. If you're not paying for either of those, you know, I, I'm not sure what SEMrush charges on a, uh, you know, for a one site kind of basic plan, because we have a, an enterprise level plan, I believe. But um, just using SEMrush might be useful. I, I think there's, you know, good reason for this. And there are a lot of value that can be offered from it, but uh, you know, a few variables in play there. I'm, I'm getting the feeling that Wincher is probably a tool that was, that's part of the company that bought Yoast. Maybe that's why there's this connection all of a sudden. And it all happened last year. So this is kind of coincidental. I don't know, awfully coincidental. I, I I feel like I want to look into that now. You might be right, or like they're owned, both owned by the same umbrella company or something. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so I, I found this article on um, Search Engine Journal, which, uh, you know, I'm scanning through them all we, as we usually do. And this one was a great, great article. Not to say that's very rare or anything like that, but this one particularly stood out for me. It's by Brandon Gale. Uh, Thanks, Brandon, for a great article. And the title is 25 Unique SEO Tactics That Deliver Big Results. Catchy, I guess, but um, other than many that I read, this one actually seems to deliver on some really good ideas. I am not covering all of them, 
but um, here are some that really stood out. First idea is to create highly linkable original research posts by polling Facebook groups. So as I understood this, again, um, this is my skimming of the, the, the article, but uh, you would go and go to Facebook groups that you're part of, poll people a particular question that's of interest and in, you know, one that you're researching, get the responses and do that across different Facebook groups and then create a, a, a original, original research article showing the results of each one in each group. Pretty interesting. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, or to simply aggregate them all. Uh, but it'd be very timely. Uh, and uh, yeah, you could probably uh, infer some information out of there that would make it even more interesting and more linkable. Number two is write posts on the most searched industry stats in your niche. Uh, so assuming you have a niche, you know, what are people looking for for stats? And if you find them, uh, try to assemble kind of a, uh, the top ones that people would be normally looking for all in one article. Number three, get passive links year-round by ranking position one for low competition phrases. This one made me puzzle a little bit, but I looked into it and apparently, uh, uh, who is it here? Uh, a study by, and this, I'm quoting him here, a study by Ahrefs looked at 10,000 non-branded keywords and found that position one on Google receives a median of 24 do-follow backlinks every year. Pretty interesting. So, you know, it may be low competition, not super searched, but still has some teeth. Getting a number one ranking for that can lead to fairly simple link building. Which would definitely have that effect of the more important phrases ranking. Exactly. It, it really does help bolster your overall authority and, and allow you to get the rankings you really want. So that's a good idea. Uh, do interviews on podcasts with high domain authority sites. Um, and I've thought about doing this for the podcast, but our podcast, but it doesn't really make sense, but you could interview different high domain authorities, um, owners of different sites and, and get them to link to the podcast or your podcast. Um, or, uh, and again, I don't know which one this is, but both make sense. You could be interviewed on past podcasts with high domain authority sites and they'll link to you. That's probably more like what they're thinking. Um, <clears throat> next, promote your most linkable asset with targeted paid ads. Good idea. Yeah, if you have something that you find has had legs, it seems to get links. Let's do some paid ads to it. See if you can get some more at a much less cost than trying to do uh, any kind of manual premium link building. Keyword tips is a whole section that I'm skipping. Not, not to say there wasn't any good ideas here, which is a little more uh, detailed. I'm going to get some water here first. Next up, um, for posts that rank number three to 10, add more content to the tail end of posts to safely move up the rankings. Another solid idea. Uh, something we should probably do, We although our articles are so old now. But, you know, getting into them and then maybe adding more to the tail end uh, that you think could help push it up a bit, go for it. Uh, you still maintain the overall layout of that original article that, you know, was deeply thought out, hopefully. <laughs> um, and then you're just adding value. So it does have an opportunity to potentially move up. Number the next one, write 40 to 50 word paragraphs to rank for more featured snippets. Um, 
this may or may not work, but yeah, I mean, look at how the a particular article was written. If you're going to look back at old ones, see if there's only ways to um, make specific paragraphs more concise and, and also um, highly relevant uh, to a, a potential featured snippet. Uh, now, this is all kind of its own science there. You could read a lot about how to get your own featured snippets. And I do suggest that if you want to go that route. But uh, yeah, it's a solid idea. And you could even write a new article that is focused on that. I feel like At that's just good common sense as well, because, you know, you start to get these longer paragraphs and people get lost in them. They don't care. I, I feel like small digestible paragraphs is just naturally good writing to begin with. It is. And if you wanted to do that and also um, really focus on the attempt to get a snippet, then you would just make it a little more information dense, let's say, or more query based. Interesting stuff. Anyway, um, add a frequently asked question to the end of your post covering questions from Google's people also ask a brilliant idea. I love that one. Um, so, uh, you know, whenever you're doing a search, you often see a thing. Google, uh, people also ask at the bottom of the article or, or related searches, that kind of thing. Well, perfect. Look at that and take that information and add it as an FAQ at the end of your post. Take each of those and then build on that. Uh, use uh, artificial intelligent SEO tools to make your post the most comprehensive post on that topic. Uh, it's a little more controversial, and you'll certainly have to play around with the various gobs of tools out there. Holy crap. <laughs> Every time I look in a corner, there's a new AI SEO tool. It's a little overwhelming, but there are probably ones that are better than others, and I have have yet to finally dig in and, and test them all or test a good chunk of them. But uh, they often have the ability to reformat content that you've written or consolidate a whole bunch of content online that you can then rewrite. That's a little more controversial. But the idea here is to make a post that's based on artificial intelligence to, or that is using artificial intelligence to attempt a better um, result in terms of the layout and how well to rank. Um, and of course, the comprehensiveness. The next one is to create stat infographics that have a 16 to 9 aspect ratio. I didn't read this one. I, I added in at the end there. I'm guessing that that will allow you to show up better in various things here. Let's see if I can find it. It would definitely be as, as infographics typically are a bit of a link building component to that, I'm sure. Yeah. So. He says here, there are very few pieces of content that will generate backlinks and social shares like a stat infographic. Step one, do a search for topic of your Google blog, blog post plus statistics. Step two, identify the top five most compelling stats. Step three, create a 16 to nine image that highlights the stat and mentions the source. Step four, strategically place each of your stat infographics throughout your post. Pro tip, using the 16 to nine aspect ratio will make your stat infogra infographic look great on desktop and mobile. Yeah, interesting. I mean, there are a lot more. I didn't write any more down. It's, it's 25 after all. And um, they all have different overall themes. There's, I think there's three themes throughout. Uh, anyway, highly recommend checking that out. I love, uh, I wouldn't say I necessarily I would do as well as this, but whatever I did write for uh, 
wherever it was at the time, search engine guide, I think was one I was writing off for. I'd always try to put something really valuable together like this. And I think this guy's, uh, uh, I'm impressed. This is well done. All right. What is next year? Actually, you yeah. know what? Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and we get back to back. We're going to talk about Google search console. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. All right. Google Search Console rich result error handling updated. All yeah, right. What's this? That's a big mouthful for not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is just another one of those little things. Google's been uh, dealing with their reports and Search Console a lot lately and making changes, and I wanted to include it because... I don't like it when people panic and sometimes they see changes and they panic. And what's happened here is Google has changed the way it evaluates and reports errors in product structured data. Uh, and that's it. That's all they said. But um, typically <laughs> though, so essentially the way that Google is reporting on product structured data has changed. So you may end up seeing an increase or a decrease in errors showing up in that reporting. And so I mentioned this to you that, you know, that if you're seeing this increase or decrease, it's not the result of something you've done to your website. Uh, if the increase in errors, has, or if you've seen an increase in errors, Google's just noting more of them and you need to fix them, but nothing has actually changed. You haven't been hacked. I mean, sometimes that's, you know, the first gut reaction when you see a big change in, or a big spike in errors is that, oh, I've been hacked, what's going on? Well, no, you haven't. Um, and, or if you see a decrease in errors, it's not because someone's magically fixed them. I don't know. I don't know why you'd see a decrease necessarily, but, um, <laughs> and anyways, this happened at the end of December. So if you're seeing a change, uh, any kind of spikes or declines in these errors, uh, I mean, still fix them of course, but, uh, no need to panic. Nothing's, uh, uh, weird going on. So. All right. Now this was interesting. Yeah. Originally we debated where this should fall in, <laughs> in terms of our uh, layout here, but 12 important image SEO tips you need to know. I, mean, I can remember not, well, to me, not long ago, but it was probably 10 years ago. Oh, uh, dear God. Um, doing a lot of writing about image SEO and, and it is, it was really getting its feet under it. Um, and it was quite a popular topic. Then it goes, it's, it's on a kind of like a, a wave it goes up and down, but this is, uh, some of it's pretty straightforward. Everyone sort of knows it, but uh, why, why don't you run through that one too? Yeah, I just saw an article on Search Engine Journal. Um, oh man, I wish I could remember her name that wrote it. I feel really bad. Uh, oh wait, I got it here. I got it here. Uh, Anna Crow wrote it uh, and I, it caught my eye and I thought, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's one-on-one level stuff. It's basic. It's nothing groundbreaking or new here, but maybe it's things that you just don't know. So I figured it's... Um, she had 12 important image SEO tips listed. I'm not going to go through all 12 just because some of them aren't necessarily SEO related, but they are relevant to image stuff. Um, but a few things here, uh, choosing the right image format, first of all, a ping versus JPEG versus a WebP. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't really know much about WebP, except it's a good idea. Um, but things like ping files are great if you need really high resolution, if you're, um, you know, maybe a, a photographer or something like that. Uh, you can get that better quality, but it does come at a cost where your file sizes are going to be a bit larger. So JPEG is kind of the norm. Uh, WebP, I feel like is kind of the best of both worlds is what I gather, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, it's pretty uh, much taken over these days. Um, and thankfully, because it does, I don't know much about it either in terms of I've, I've never designed it or anything, but it's 
you know, as a file format, apparently it's highly um, efficient for web. So that'll be uh, good news. Absolutely. Uh, the next one is compress images. You really want the smallest file size possible to get the quality across that you want. Um, I, I often use this little stupid image editor. Uh, it's called Earth and View, and it's super easy. You open up your your JPEG and you save as 80% uh, quality or something like that. And typically, if it's for screen purposes, you don't see any difference, but the file size drops dramatically. So, uh, and of course, if you're you know using plugins, which is what most people will be doing, they're not going to be manually doing this. Uh, you know, WP Smush is one. I mean, there's a million. I think Kraken. Kraken does image optimization, correct, for compression? It does. I, I haven't used it in ages, but yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, it does it more manually. There is a plugin too that allow you to do it. For That's website. right. Yes. Yeah. So there's a ton of different plugin options in that, but make sure your images are compressed. Um, using unique images, which I never really thought of, but it obviously makes perfect sense. Don't. Yeah. It's just like duplicate content. It just never really crossed my mind, really, because I'm not doing design per se. But yeah, don't just copy and paste random images online. Um, for lots of reasons. First of all, you run into copyright issues, of course, but uh, having unique images, you're more likely to have them rank. It's um, also going to improve the overall stickiness and appeal of your website because who wants to see tons and tons of stock photos that we've seen everywhere else? Yeah, exactly. Like I love it when you go to a small business website and they've got a picture like talking about their business and a stock image of random people as if that's their their staff when it clearly isn't you know yeah. have a photographer come in or, or somebody with a new phone that actually is good i don't know you just get some good pictures yeah uh, and if you don't you. have a big staff and you really don't have an option there well maybe pay a, a more of a premium for uh some and just do it for these you don't have to do it for all, all the different images you use but for those specific key images from a really decent uh place like Getty Images. It's going to be more money, but because it's more money, it's going to be less often used. It won't be as, as um, ubiquitous online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, customizing image file names. Uh, I see this happen all the time and it's so frustrating if you can't do anything about it. Uh, often sites will be using their content management system or CDNs and the images come across as this big, long, random string of characters for the file names. But if you can have a file name that says, you know, red BMW or whatever, I don't know, uh, mm -hmm. a file name that's relevant to the image that can help your ranking for that image. So, you know, customize the file names. Don't just have, you know, one, two, three, four dot uh, JPEG or whatever, make it relevant to the image. Uh, also use... customize the one that you get when you do download a stock photo. Because <laughs> You know, yeah, so many, how many of them are just so obviously the original information from the, the stock company. Uh, I just don't get all it. the time. All the time, I stock whatever, and then four hundred different numbers. JPEG, you know, yeah. it gets, happens all the time. Yeah, the next uh, one was the SEO friendly um, alt text or alt attributes. Um, makes perfect sense here, right? Um, I don't know what they mean by SEO friendly. If you do alt attributes, that, that's the, the 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 what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to describe the image you're looking at, and it's when you add an image, there's an option to add alt attributes and just right in there. This is a picture of a red BMW. That's I don't know why it's, I went to red BMW, but I like it. And this <laughs> is why, uh, and, and, and you, the reason you do that is it's meant for screen readers, for, for the, for the visually disabled to get an understanding of what they, sh they could be looking at, you know, what's showing on their screen. 
And, but it also does happens just so happens to be really good for SEO because it describes the image. So it's, it's a win-win. Perfect. Yes. And uh, the next is kind of along the li same lines as the file names, uh, having a good file structure, if you can, uh, you know, like WordPress by default, I think is something like WP content slash uploads, which isn't great. And honestly, I should know if you can, or I'm sure you might be able to customize that if you can do it. Um, and I'm going to look into that after this. <laughs> uh, and, and the same thing, if you have some CDN that you're using or other content management systems, sometimes you can't customize that, but uh, you know, do if you can. Uh, and a lot of people might not think about this for image optimization, but optimize the containing page. Uh, I think most people probably do that anyways. If you're, if you're thinking about image optimization, chances are your website is also optimized. But if you want an image to rank for a certain term, have it on a page that either ranks for that term or is at least optimized for that term, uh, in a broad sense at least. You know, so make sure that uh, you know, things like title tags are relevant to the imagery on those pages and that sort of thing. Also define the dimensions in the code. Now, a lot of uh, content management systems like WordPress just does this now. You don't even have to really think about it in WordPress. It? I, I'm pretty sure it does. Oh, okay. um, when you've got the response, or maybe it's Divi specifically that does it. Um, no, you're right. You're the, probably right. I don't notice these things. You're in the code more often than I am. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't define the dimensions of the image, that when the website loads, it will load, eventually it should look fine in most cases, but it kind of loads clunky and things bounce around and that can actually hurt your cumulative layout shift, which I say wrong all the time, score with the page experience update, which has a very low impact these days, but that will increase. But by defining the dimensions that helps with that, it helps keep your users from getting annoyed and it can help with rankings apparently. Um, and make sure you're, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to take the last two if you want. Um, mo mobile friendly, uh, make their uh, responsive. Now, what that really means is nothing to do with the images. It's just their, your um, outline of the page. And if you have, um, I guess there is a, there's a validity to this too when it comes to the image sizing. And I don't, you know, you're talking about, um, image file structure where you can change it in WordPress. This is also something that's always sort of stuck out for me and I never get a chance to ref I never remember to research it, but um, ensuring that there's a mobile version of an image so that it's not just shrinking the image to make it work on, the, on, on your phone, but it's actually uh, designed for your phone. So what you can do when you're creating a, a desktop or creating a, a website of any kind is create different images for the different viewing viewing ports or so different handset sizes and stuff. It can get over get crazy. You could do it for every type of handset if you wanted to. Uh, I'm not sure how much of that's automatically done in WordPress. Um, ideally, you would have something that's designed for that viewport. And um, that way, yes, you're still loading an image that's the same, it's just at a different dimension. And as a result, you can lower the file size dramatically. Are you aware about that or anything about that, Scott? Not extensively, no. No. Next is to include images in an XML sitemap. Um, there is an image XML or image sitemap that you can have, and this is really a helpful for uh, Google image search, or at least it was. It's yet another thing I haven't uh, had to really work on in a long time. Have you optimized an image 
or included image site maps. I think most of it's done automatically by Yoast these days. Yeah, like things like Yoast and a lot of the uh, XML sitemap plugins do it automatically. But um, you know, every now and then we run into clients who, or, or we do audits on sites where they're not using plugins to do this kind of stuff. So you know, if you're not using a plugin, you know, create one, or you know, make sure you tick the option in the plugin to generate one, or find a plugin that does it. That sort of thing. Yeah. Cool. All right, we're going to round things out with something that uh, uh, John used to love to do, John Carcut, and uh, uh, you've already put some down here, and I, I might just go with yours because I haven't had a chance or anything, but I did have a little thing to add on the end. Anyway, these are predictions for 2022. What are we going to see? What's going to happen um, in the Googleverse and the, the search engine um, world here? So why don't you start with yours, and I'll try and a few together. Yeah, I, I love like right as we're getting ready to do this podcast, Ross says we should do some predictions today. I'm like, great, <laughs> I've got to I've got to get really creative really fast. And I I should have thought about this, you know, two or three weeks ago and started putting something together. <laughs> but uh, so they're if they're not as entertaining or accurate as they probably should be, that's just how it is. Because uh, it'll be me. too late. The, the next episode will be too late because then we're probably into February and nobody wants predictions in February. So I, I threw a few together here. Uh, the first one I've, I threw up is, uh, oh, geez, bad choice of words, is Google's core updates will continue on at least a quarterly interview interval or possibly more frequently. Uh, we've definitely seen over the past few years, core updates are, are becoming more and more frequent. Uh, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we saw them monthly at some point. Uh, so there's that. Um, and I think that's a fairly, I don't know, I think that could happen. I think it's fairly likely that could happen. Uh, page experience updates for desktop will have little to no effect or nobody will notice, um, which if it's anything like the mobile page experience update that we saw in 2021, I feel like the desktop one will basically be the same. I do think that core web vitals for mobile will increase in importance, although probably nominally. I, I think that core web vitals, you know, like I said just a second ago, it launched with very little um, impact really but they are going to build from that. The page experience aspects are going to just grow in importance and it'll probably be more incremental. We won't see any big boosts there, but uh, expect that they will become more and more important as the years go on. Uh, similar to how secure websites uh, kind of had the same thing. Mobile friendly was kind of the same thing. Um, I think we're going to see more and more people chat about AI generated content. Uh, John Mueller even said, I think it was in December that AI generated content is not entire, what did he say? It, it will likely be permitted within Google's terms soon. So right now they kind of are against it, but I feel like it's, it's a no brainer that it's gonna come and it's gonna grow and people are gonna be chatting about it more and more. And uh, the last two are sort of <laughs> tongue in cheek, but I feel very <laughs> possible. Uh, Google business profile will change names uh, <laughs> yeah. because it's been about every 18 months that they change names, so why not? Yeah, why and, not why cut that in half and you make it just uh, sometime this year? Yeah. It could be an you. annual thing. Yeah. And uh, also, Google will shut down one of its popular services. I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Ross has a post on Facebook every few months, like, damn you, Google, why did you shut down blank? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I used to care and I used to used to do them. Now I, I stay the hell away from their new stuff. But, you know, whatever they shut down was something you really, really love and need. Always. Oh, for sure. It's going to be <laughs> something critical. It's not some service you're like, what was it that they shut down? It's going to be something big. 
Like, yeah, uh, it's, I think it's funny. Like the, one of the things that they launched and I stayed the hell away from hasn't shut down ironically. And that's Google keep, but I'm waiting, man. That's going to go. <laughs> just I don't even go. know what that is. Well, it's kind of like an Evernote for the Google, for Google. Uh, that's the oh, idea. Okay. Yeah. And, and they were pushing it pretty hard for a while there. Um, uh, so a few from me here, uh, Google will improve local SEO policing. Finally, you know, we've already seen and sort of building on what they did in the end of 2021 with some, well, the biggest change to local SEO um, since the beginning, really, where they really did clean up a lot of the issues such as uh, too much text, uh, too much uh, keyword stuffing and business names and stuff. <clears throat> Let's hope they continue that trend and do some more of that this, this year. Um, I think one of the ones they could be focusing on a bit, it's going to be one of the hardest ones, and it's just probably pie in the sky, but looking at whether or not businesses who say they exist really do, and, and they could do that by using their local guides and providing some sort of an incentive for them to go and take a photo, you know? You get extra points if you take a photo of their latest location to see whether or not they really do have signage, um, signage and stuff. Um, and next, these are kind of fun. Uh, well, this one is anyway. Bing will steal more market share. Every year, it seems to just tweak like another percentage point. Um, it give it credit, man. It it might just be the turtle that wins the game, uh, or at least impresses the crap out of us all because it does seem to earn more and more market share. And there's some it's really winning people over. Not me yet, but it's getting there. Um, I, I just I have an aller allergy to too much Microsoft. I, 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 it's bad enough I use Windows. You, you know, I did while you were talking, because I, I haven't looked up market share for a long time. We used to look it up probably monthly, and I do a little blog post about it, but I feel like nobody cares anymore. So I stopped. <laughs> but um, So I just quickly found a really quick chart. Uh, there's probably more if I kept digging, but... Bing's global market share in the desktop realm has been steadily growing for about the past 10 years. In 2009, mm -hmm. they were at about 2%. Uh, 2021, they were right around 6%. And it's been kind of a steady increase for that, that whole period. So yeah, I feel like that's a pretty fair, fair prediction. Yeah. Um, Privacy-based browsers and search platforms, um, I think, are going to be growing even more this year. There is there's just no end in sight in, in, in terms of... Uh, people's distrust uh, and 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 all it's going to take is yet another and this is probably another reasonable guess is that there'll be another um there'll be a google version of the facebook whistleblower at some point uh, maybe this year i'm hoping this year that's going to show just how much crap they're doing i just don't trust them anymore man um Especially, you know, you think about these people who were kicked out of Google actually fired because they were um, trying to enforce the don't be evil on Google saying, hey, guys, why aren't you following this anymore? And, and it makes you wonder just how much they can't talk about. Uh, that would be no surprise to me if that came out. But uh, search uh, Sites like DuckDuckGo, I think, are just going to get more and more market share as well. Again, it's going to be small, but if any of these big changes happen, it could be a major leap too. Um, when will Google have its own cryptocurrency? Will it be this year? <laughs> There's so much cool stuff happening it, that, in that market that I wouldn't be surprised. 
you just answered one of my predictions. Google will probably set up their own cryptocurrency soon, and then they'll cancel it by the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll all go on a big trip and, and just shut it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anywho, those are a few for us. Um, I, I think um, the other element, I guess, is e-commerce. Um, I'd add to this, uh, e-commerce experienced a massive boom throughout the COVID uh, the COVID over the last few years. And um, I don't think that's going to slow too much. I know that Shopify is seeing some drops in stock. It price, its price went absurdly high. And there might be some correction there. And no, I'm not a stock guy, but I'm kind of keep track of Shopify because I'm fascinated with its growth. Um, and maybe it will lose a little market share as more people spread out to different platforms. But e-commerce is killing it, and it's going to continue to. I'm sure of it. Well, there you go. We've got some tips there. Not bad for throw-togethers. You know, <laughs> I I think we did all right, all things considered. <laughs> well, we'll see if it, whatever uh, everyone else thinks. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, if you don't like it. We're so sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, one sec here. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Oh, man, I, I think uh, my voice, I'm going to lose it soon here. I'm, I think I'm good. All right. Okay. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing and my company, Senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, thanks for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com. Don't miss a single link and you can refresh your memory of a past show at any time. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air every week on WMR.fm. Great. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great 2022. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.